Hey, y'all. Well, I am excited about this day because this is going to be the, the week where we close out this series on Ecclesiastes. Can y'all believe that? I know. We're actually going to do some Christmas stuff next week, but I, I will tell you that I love this book. And the reason that I've loved going through Ecclesiastes is because it actually, I believe it's one of the few things you can find in life that gives answers to the hardest question. And that is that question of the purpose of life, the meaning of life. Now you got to pay attention. You got to figure it out, but it's in there and we're really going to nail it down today. Now I was thinking as we start this, kind of how, what's the theme of this message going to be? And I was taken back to a uh, little six-year-old Joel in uh, kindergarten to a traumatic moment, the worst moment of my life, actually, to that point, okay? Now, here's the scene. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Here's the scene. We had just come out of lunch in the cafeteria. I was walking. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I was in line. I was walking. And I had a friend behind me. And there was some pink panther insulation. I don't know if y'all even know what that is, but it's this insulation. I guess they were putting insulation into the, the school somewhere. And the friend behind me says, I dare you to go touch that stuff. It looks like cotton candy. And you know me, somebody dares me. What, what, what was I to do? And so I, I remember running over out of line. I got out of line. I can't believe I would do that. And I touched the installation. Nothing really magical happens, but I remember running back. And as I ran back into the line, I heard, Mr. Halpin, Mr. Halpin. And I looked back and I don't even know how she saw me. I swear to you, I can still remember looking back at the cafeteria and there were blue tiles and I could see her reflection, but she had not turned the corner and it was Miss Cross. Oh, Miss Cross. Name makes sense, right? Just cross. Anyway, she grabs me and she didn't take me in to my teacher. She took me down to the principal's office. So at six years old, here's little criminal Joel sitting in the, the little purgatory waiting room as I'm waiting to see Mr. Dennis, the principal. And I go in and I'm, I'm, I see him start writing and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to tell my parents he's writing this down on my, on my permanent record. This is not good. This is, this is going to follow me the rest of my life. And then Miss Cross, she grabs me and she takes me back to kindergarten and my whole class is sitting there on the ground. And I see that little schneid kid, Travis, who told me to go touch the stuff. He's just kind of grinning. And then I sit down and I sit next to this little girl named Melissa. Okay. I had a little crush on Melissa at the time. Okay. And I'll never forget what Melissa looked at me and she said, she said, you went to the principal's office. And she says, you know, that goes on your permanent record. And I don't know about, did, is this just me or did, when you were little, did you believe you had a permanent record in school that would follow you? Like I swore every check mark on the board I thought was going to follow me my whole life. In fact, it wasn't until I was like in high school, if I'm honest with you, where I realized, wait a second, nobody knows that I went to the principal's office in, in, in kindergarten. I went through all of elementary school not really being able to enjoy it because I would always think back, you know, someday that's going to catch up to me someday. Every time I would see the pink panther or insulation, it would just haunt me. I would be like, this is coming back to me someday. I'm going to try to get a job and they're going to look and say, oh, I'm pulling up your permanent record here and this is not good, Joel. It looks like you got out of line in kindergarten and it just hung over me. And so here's the, the problem in life when we think about dealing with the meaning of life is that 
There's this permanent record that we, we, we try to interact with. And no matter what we try to achieve, no matter what we do in life, we have this feeling of, you know what, my past is going to catch up with me. You know what, there's, there's no way I can go through life and navigate this permanent record. Now, the good news is, in school at least, your permanent record isn't so permanent, okay? That chalkboard actually erases every day, and no one really is collecting anything. Actually, I don't have chalkboards anymore, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But there was a time. Anyway, as we jump into this book, I want you to begin to kind of see we're thinking about this idea of purpose. What is the meaning of life, the purpose of life? And now we've learned so much. We have learned about uh, under the sun. And if you remember back when we started this book, under the sun meant living life as if there was no God. But now, every time we see this under the sun, now there's always this fear God. In fact, in this chapter that we're going to get into, the end of 11 and, and the last chapter 12, you're not even going to hear that under the sun anymore because now there's this, we've kind of reconciled that you have to live life with the understanding that God exists. Life does not make sense apart from God. That's just the truth that you will, you will understand the further you go. Life does not make sense if there is no afterlife, if there is no God. And so as we get into verse uh, seven of chapter 11, this is what it says. It says, light is sweet and it is pleasant to the, for the eyes that see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. And let him remember that the days of darkness may be many, will be many. All that comes is vanity. And remember, I don't like that translation of vanity. It's the word hevel in Hebrew, and it means smoke or mist. And it basically means it's not tangible. It will not last. You can go after it, but it will not last. It says, listen, enjoy your days, good or bad. It goes on in verse nine, rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer the days and cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. And this is a freedom that he's saying, as someone who is living with God in mind, he's saying, listen, it is wide open. The world is wide open. Remember last week and a couple of weeks, we've said that, that, that life is a gift. And so it's wide open. You can walk in the ways of your heart. Now, now most of us as parents, or maybe even uh, if you've grown up in church, you're like, oh, I don't want to follow my heart. I don't want to go. He gives a caveat. He says, walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that all of these things, God will bring you into judgment. In other words, but remember, you have a permanent record. So listen, you can do whatever you want. In fact, I want you to, but I want you to walk wisely because you have this permanent record. And so now we have this contrast between Hevel that there's some things, many things, most things in life do not last. They are Hevel. You, you make a mistake in, in kindergarten, get out of line. It is Hevel. No one's going to remember that. You know, you, you go and you make the greatest accomplishment in the history of the world. It is Hevel. It will not last. All, a lot of our, the things that we go after and we chase after, they are Hevel. They do not last. But there is a record that when we are walking and we are pursuing things that are, are against God, those things will last. And when we are serving people, it says those deeds, those go on a permanent record. And so there's this contrast. Many of the things we chase after aren't going to last, but many of the things we don't ever consider, they go on this permanent record. So God set these guardrails. He set these limits, but within these limits, he said, go after it. Verse 10 Remove vexation from your heart. Put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. 
Now, I want to kind of show you what's going on. He's, he's basically saying, you got to enjoy your life. You've got to enjoy life. Life is a gift. Here's the meaning of life from Ecclesiastes. Life is a gift given from God. You need to enjoy it. Even on your worst days, you need to enjoy this life on your good days and your bad days. You know what? Two days ago, I woke up out of, out of bed and, and, and I cannot, to be honest with you, I cannot move my shoulder today. I know that it looks like I'm in perfect health. But, uh, and you may even ask, hey, Joel, how'd you hurt your shoulder to where you can't even lift it? Were you doing jujitsu? Were you strangling somebody? No, I was getting out of bed. I got out of bed and can't lift my shoulder and I have no idea why. And, and, and here's what it's saying is, listen, you've got to put away pain from your body. You've got to put away your, your good days and bad days. You've got to enjoy them all. There are some days when life just hurts. There's some years where you're in a pandemic, but you know what you got to do? It is a gift. You got to enjoy them all. This is all a gift for us. And so he has this wisdom that he's, he's throwing at us. Remove vexation from your heart. A lot of the things you're worried about, you have anxiety. I've talked to more people this year who have anxiety. It's heavily, y'all. It doesn't last. Whatever you are worried about does not last. And so he's saying, listen, while you're young, especially, and he's going to hit on this uh, several times, put away pain. In other words, you need to start taking care of some stuff right now. If you can get healthy, you need to do that now while you're young. If you can, and, and if you can, uh, if you can take care of some of your sins and struggles now, you want to take care of those while you're young. Because as you get older, there's this inflation. It costs more later on to try to fix things. And that's just the truth. For those of us that are over 40, it's just this reality of it's a lot easier to get healthy when you're 20. It's a lot easier to get out of debt when you're in your 20s or when you're in your teens. It's a lot easier to fix things young because as you go, grow older and as you go and you go, listen, it's going to get more difficult. There's going to be a day where you say, I'm going to get healthy. And all of a sudden your arm doesn't work for some magical reason. It's just the way life works. As I think about this, there's so many ways I would apply this, put away pain from your body for the youth and the dawn of life are vanity. And this is what I would tell you is while you are young, I would work on this. And young, by the way, it is very, very subjective. Okay. I saw a picture. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's something called the Wilford Brimley line. It's one of my favorite things in the world. It's an account on Twitter that has Wilford Brimley, who was an actor from the 80s and 90s. He was an old man and he was in this movie called Cocoon. And in Cocoon, he played a guy, there's a long way to go for this. <laughs> he played a guy who was in an old folks home and he was 50 years old and he's in this old folks home. And you look at him, and you're like, man, that guy's a hundred years old. And he was 50 years old. If you look at Wilford Brimley when he was in the movie Cocoon, and then you realize that Mike Tyson, who just fought a heavyweight fight last week, he was four years older than Wilford Brimley when he did that. 50 now is not what 50 was 30 years ago. In fact, one of the things you need to know about youth is that if you are alive, if you are in your 60s or 70s, you're probably more able than people back in the day. And so our youth is still with us. If you're watching this on a computer, if you figured out how to get this thing on, you're considered young enough that you can begin to say, you know what, there's some things I need to fix. Because listen, life is too short to go through it, the entire thing with a bad marriage or with bad relationships with your kids or, or, or with these struggles. Now is the time, he's saying, for us to get right in these things because it's too short. It is hevel. It's not gonna last. 
Now he's going to go a little dark here. He's going to take us on a journey of old age. And for some of us, including the guy sitting here that can barely hold his Bible today, it's going to get a little real, okay? He's going to go through the process of aging. Remember, this is in the beginning of 12. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near to which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Now, I want you to, to highlight in your Bible, if you've got it, or take notes on that first, one, first part of that verse. Remember your creator in your days of your youth. It's real easy when you're young to think, you know what, I can go forever. I don't need to, to worry. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And what he's saying is, listen, if we're looking for the meaning of life, if you want a life of purpose, you've got to remember, even in the days of your youth, even before it's difficult to go through life, you need to understand there are guidelines, there are boundaries that God has given us. And this is an important thing for you to remember because here's what I heard another pastor say this. Um, Matt Chandler said, uh, he said, miserable old people were once naive young people. And I would say it like this, is that those crotchety old people were once selfish, naive young people. In other words, people that just did whatever they wanted when they were young, had no limits, just felt that they could do anything. There's going to come a time in life in which you can't do what you want to do. All of the decisions that you've made have compounded onto one another. And all of a sudden, you're going you're to see, you know what, I can't go off and do the things I wanted to do. You know what? All of a sudden, because I didn't have boundaries when I was young, because I didn't consider God when I was young, all of a sudden I'm going to find myself old and I'm going to feel trapped and I'm going to be angry about it because I can no longer do what I want to do. I'm going to have to rely on other people. So he's saying, listen, remember the creators in the day of your youth. And so for us, as, as we think about this, I would just, I, I would remind us all that we've got a lot of life to live. All of us have a lot of life to live, which means if you're you're single, hey, I would say, remember God while you're young. Remember God in your singleness. Because the worst thing you could do is you could go off and just say, you know what, I don't have much time, I gotta do this. And it's much healthier for you to remember God and go through life in a healthy singleness than it would be for you to, to go and get married to someone who is not healthy. You could ruin not just your generation, but another generation from that. And the same for married. If you're married and you go through life and, you, and, and, and you, in your marriage, you don't bring God into it and it's all about you. I know so many marriages that are struggling year after year because they never remembered their creator. They, they don't bring God into it. And so he's saying, listen, as you go through life, understand it gets harder. Remember God when it's easier. There's going to be a day when you say, I have no pleasure. And we can't imagine this, but this is just the truth. We're going to go through the stages of life here in two. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In other words, life is beginning to get hard. And in the days when the keeper's house tremble and the strong men are bent, you ever seen uh, maybe a grandfather or your father when you remember him when he was strong and he could whoop your tail and then all of a sudden you begin to see his back begins more bent and bent and bent and it gets harder and harder. Strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few. That's you begin to lose your teeth. That's what he's talking about. And then those who look through windows are dimmed. That's you're losing your eyesight. Your windows aren't working anymore. And then the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low, you can't hear anymore. 
and the one rises up at the sound of a bird. I was laughing with my wife this morning. Uh, it begins harder to sleep. You rise at anything. You have to get up in the middle of the night like three times. It's just something that happens as you age. One rises at the sound of a bird and all the daughter's songs are brought low. You can no longer enjoy things because you can't even enjoy, you can't hear the radio anymore. They are afraid also of what is high. The world gets scarier. It gets faster. All of a sudden, you just want to stay in your own uh, house because it just gets nerve-wracking to go out. The terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms. A lot of commentators think that that's talking about losing hair and getting hair in other places. I don't know if that's true. The The grasshopper drags itself along and the desire fails. Your sex drive begins to fail. What you used to go after in your youth is no longer even attractive anymore because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about in the streets before the silver. Now I want you to listen to the brokenness here of how it ends. The silver cord is snapped. That's a spinal column. The golden bowl is broken. That's your head, your mind. Or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, that's your heart. Or the wheel uh, is broken at the cistern. A lot of commentators say that might be your circulatory system or just your your bodily systems begin to, to fail. So you're snapped, broken, shattered. That's how it all ends. And I want you to hear this though, because look at what he says. He says, the dust returns to the earth as it was. Job said this too, as dust goes to, as dust to dust. And if you remember as we started in this, this book, and whenever it talked about life, it even questioned, who knows what happens after you die? But here it's a little different. He's gone through the stages of life and he says, listen, it's, we're going to be old people. We're going to eventually breathe our last breath. But when you do that, what's going to happen is that your body will go into the ground. Your dust will return to dust. But no longer does he say that that's all that happens. We go back to this word, hevel. Now I'm going to bring my smoke back in here. Hopefully I can smoke this place up and you can see. Now listen. I want you to to get this mind hevel again, okay? Because now he says, your body is hevel, it goes away, but look what he says about the spirit. The spirit returns to God who gave it. So in other words, everything in this life, your body trying to look good, all of that stuff is smoke, it is hevel, but your spirit, there is a part of you that is not hevel and it goes back to God. God gave you your life, he gave you the spirit and then he will someday take it back. It is the vanity of vanities, it is hevel of hevel, says the preacher, all is hevel. If you're gonna live your life trying to be healthy, if you're gonna live your life trying to be the most popular, the most successful, all, the, all of those things, he says, is hevel. But he says, listen, but you've got to understand, not everything is hevel. At the beginning, every meaningless, meaningless. Under the sun, without God, it's all hevel. But if you have God, if you fear God, if you love God, there is a part of you that is going to live forever. And he has brought this into the book. Now, there's going to be a little bit of uh, of he's wrapping it up. If, you, if you'll notice the tense changes here, this is the author, whoever actually wrote the book is gonna, he's gonna close it out. And this is what he says. He's no longer talking as the preacher. This is now, he's talking about the preacher. This is the author. He says, besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing in, studying, arranging many proverbs with care. We know that Solomon, he wrote many proverbs, wrote, uh, wrote Psalms. He, he was very wise. The preacher sought to find words of delight and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads and the nails firmly fixed like like collected sayings. They are to be given by one shepherd. 
So basically, we're about to go into the, the final words of this book. But he says, just know that there were a lot of wisdom and this wisdom was to be passed down to the younger generations. And so there's this, there's this kind of inferred purpose of one thing that we need to be doing is if you are getting old, if you've gone through these stages and you're about to, you, you know that your time on earth is numbered, you need to be speaking into the younger generations. And by the way, that also means that if you're young, you need to be receiving wisdom from people who have gone through those experiences because the only thing that you can't learn from a book is a lot of these experiences. I was thinking about this with my family. You know, um, my, my, some of my boys have now gone through their first girlfriend where they've been, uh, had somebody break up with them. And that's just a hard experience to go through. You can't read a book and tell you how to navigate that. You have to have somebody sit there and say, you know what, I've been through it. And I've been through it, and you know what? It, it, you, life goes on. In fact, eventually you, you meet your bride, and, and, she's, and you're so glad that, that that person broke up with you. You're so glad that didn't happen, okay? Because all of a sudden, if you've been through that, you can speak into the younger generations. And, and there are so many things. You know, you have your first kid, and you think, how am I going to do this? And then you have your second kid, and you think, how am I going to do this? And, and eventually you look at somebody who has like three or four kids, and you're like, okay, they can speak into that. You need to understand that one of the things in life that we need to be doing is we need to be speaking in to, to one another. The same for marriage. It's the same for, for friendships. All of these things, we have this wisdom, okay? So that's a part of what we need to be doing. But he's going to go in in verse 12 and 13, and this is really what I want zero down into. He closes out the book with these three verses, beautiful way to close out. My son, be aware of anything beyond these. Beyond what? Beyond uh, the wisdom of, your, of, of those who are following God and have been before you and of the commands of God. He says, of making many books, there is no end. And of much study is weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter is this. It has been heard. All has been heard. And so here's what he says. Fear God and keep his commandment. This is the whole duty of man. Listen, if you are in Christ, if you are following God and you want to know what your purpose in life is, and it says some people will go their whole life thinking, you know what, I just didn't, I didn't accomplish what, I never found my purpose. Some people will waste years of their life thinking, what am I doing? I'm stuck here in this job or I'm in this relationship I didn't think I'd be, or you know what, I never thought I would be here. And he says, no, no, you're going to worry and you're, and you're worrying about all these things and you only have a to-do list of, of two things, fear God and obey his commands. That's all you have to do. When you, are, when you are living life and you're looking for this purpose here or there, or you're watching some movie and a cowboy tells you, you know what, the meaning of life, it's one thing. That's not true. The meaning of life is this. All you've got to do is love God, fear God, know that everything comes from God and then obey him and everything else is wide open. If you're in a job, you can stay in that job. You don't have to climb the corporate ladder. You don't have to, to 10 times your life next year. You don't have to do anything. You can simply love God where you're at. But you need to remember everything beyond this is hevel. So you think that sounds good, Joel, but you know what? My boss wants me to do this. My wife wants me to do that. And my, my kids want me to do everything. The truth is, listen, that job that you're so worried about is hevel. It's smoke. It will not last forever. Your wife, you need to love your wife now. Your, your spouse, you need to love them now. You need to learn to forgive. You need to enjoy them now because you know what? That relationship 
doesn't last someday until death to us part is what we committed to. Your kids, you know, your kids are not going to be there forever. Your friends, all of these things. We have been given this gift of life to interact now and to love now, but it's all hevel. None of those things are what life is really about. Now you can find meaning in them as long as you've drawn God into it. But understand, none of those things last because here's what's interesting. He goes through this whole, whole thing, this whole book where he's been saying, it's all meaningless, it doesn't last, nothing. You know, the, you read that first poem that starts off this book and you'd think this is the, the, the worst idea, it just all ends. But now he's just basically taken us through life and he said, the meaning of life, you gotta fear God and keep the commands. And he said, and then you're gonna breathe your last in your spirit. And then look at what verse 14 says. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Now, this is the twist ending of the whole book. You've got to understand. He's basically been telling us the whole time that, that it just ends. And he's not been talking about an afterlife. He hasn't been talking about, he said, everything is heaven, nothing lasts. And then the last thing he says, and by the way, your deeds and all of these things, after you're gone, after everything is happening, you're going to stand before God. So this life, on life, we have one purpose, and that is simply to enjoy this gift of life. But we need to enjoy it in a way that when we stand before God, we are prepared because there is a permanent record. Every one of us, your deeds, every other person's deeds, whether good or bad, you will stand before God. God makes it right, in other words. Justice for all the times you were frustrated and he said, hey, it's heaven, just let it go. And you were like, how can I let that go? It's because God's gonna make it right. All the times that you thought, you know what, I should do this, but I can't do anything. You felt helpless to help. God will make that right. But you need to understand, if God's gonna make it right for you on somebody else's behalf, he also is gonna make you right. He's, you're going to have to stand and in, in accountable, be accountable for the things you've done. So here's the question that six-year-old Joel had to wrestle with. is how am I going to enjoy my life if I've got this permanent record? When I thought Mr. Dennis was keeping score of everything and sending it, I swear to you, I was waiting at my house for a certified letter with my permanent record coming to my parents at any time. And it's hard to enjoy life when you know you've got a permanent record. And God has said, listen, it's all freedom. You can do anything you want, but understand every time you cross the bounds, if you, if you, that goes on a permanent record, I've got to be just, I've got to have these things. We've got to keep order here. See, there are clues all through this that it goes on beyond this. He says, there is one shepherd. Did y'all catch that earlier? Verse 11, there's one shepherd and he's giving us these commands. And as we go through the Bible, we begin to understand that your permanent record is not something that you can take care of. You go through this life and the reason that you can say, oh, it's heaven, the reason that you cannot be overwhelmed by life is because you have a shepherd. As we go through the Bible and we begin to hear the gospel of what Jesus has done for us, we begin to see that Jesus is that one shepherd. Jesus is the one that, that, that takes care of our permanent records so that we can do what Ecclesiastes has been telling, telling us to do our whole life. It says, listen, you need to eat, drink, and love your life. Eat, drink, and love your, your uh, work. Eat, drink, and enjoy the gift of life. But the only way you do that is if somebody takes care of your permanent record. And that's what Jesus does. That's why Jesus, you can't read Ecclesiastes and have it make sense without Jesus, without that one shepherd being identified. And once you understand that that permanent record, the way this book ends, it's longing for someone to come in and say, 
there's a way to expunge your permanent record. And in John eleven twenty five 25, it says this, Jesus is talking and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he will really live. He shall live. All of us, all of us someday are gonna stand before God. And hopefully you enjoyed your life. Hopefully you enjoyed it. But when you stand before God, you don't want to stand there and, ha- and you're never going to be able to enjoy your life if all you're thinking about is someday I'm going to have to deal with this or deal with this or deal with this. But when we stand before God and we know we have one shepherd who has forgiven us, he died on a cross so that when I feel like a failure, you know what? It was hevel because Jesus made it hevel. Jesus took care of it. When I think I'm, a, I'm boring or I'm a loser and my life isn't as good as the next one, hey, you know what? Jesus made all of that hevel. All I had to do was love God and enjoy this life. There's so much freedom when you know that the one shepherd has taken care of everything. Because of Jesus, you don't have a permanent record. Because of Jesus, Everything that is a hindrance to you enjoying your life becomes hevel. Not being good enough, not having the job you want, all of those things are hevel. You can enjoy life right where you are, all because of Jesus. If you want to know the meaning of life, the meaning of life is to eat, drink, and enjoy this gift that God has given you, but you'll never be able to do that until you understand that you have one shepherd who has made it possible. Let's pray. Lord, as we close out this book, I pray that some of us have have found answers. Some of us that may not have, have thought that we would ever encounter true purpose in life because we've been waiting on some, some adventure to begin. Or, or some of us who have thought maybe we've taken a wrong path and, and we're in a, in a marriage that doesn't seem like it's fulfilling us the way it could be. Or maybe our kids aren't, aren't, aren't meeting our expectations. Maybe we're in a place where we're like, you know what? This is not how life was supposed to be. Lord, I pray that we find the freedom that we have in you. That you know what? We can, we can find meaning right where we are because everything in this life is a gift you've given us. You know what? I can learn to forgive. I can learn in this marriage that may seem stuck that you have given us freedom, that we can find a resurrection in our marriage. We can find a resurrection with our our children. We can find a resurrection with our job, with our friendship, with all of our relationships, everything what we may think is dead or meaningless. You give meaning. So Lord, I pray that every single one of us listening to this right now can go out and know that, you know what? I have so much, I have so much in front of me. I have so much opportunity because I'm still young because eternal life awaits because I've trusted in the one shepherd. Lord, I pray that every one of us enjoys this day, whether it's bright or dark, because we know you have given it as a gift. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.